Welcome to Is This Real Life? A Bravo podcast that relates our favorite shows to our own lives and the world around us. I'm your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. everyone. Hope you're having a good week. It's definitely been a tough one. (laughs) Uh, This week started out uh, with the leak of the Supreme Court ruling, which is not final, um, overturning Roe v. Wade. So living in D.C., that's been uh, pretty intense and hectic. Uh, So I invite you during the next hour and however many minutes just to relax, unwind, and not think about that. <laughs> just just for a little bit. I think it's really important. You know, as I've gotten older, I feel like I've realized the value of compartmentalizing things and only giving yourself a certain amount of time to worry or to fixate on a particular topic, especially if there's nothing you can do at that exact moment to change it. And so, I don't know how you guys feel about all of that. You know I work in public health and politics, and sometimes it all just gets to me, but I just need to remind myself that, okay, deep breaths, and let me turn on one of my favorite shows and give my brain a break just for a little bit. And maybe that's why I love Housewives. I just find these shows so endlessly entertaining. And speaking of endlessly entertaining, guys, the Real Housewives Ultimate Girls Trip Season 2 or whatever it's called trailer that dropped. Oh my goodness. I I have not laughed that hard. Like, I just kept replaying it. It looks like such a mess. It honestly, the only adjective I could think of to describe it is unhinged. I mean, we've got Vicky, Brandy, and Tamara together, which appear to be making up a lot of the drama part, but I just feel like everyone came to play. I can't stop laughing at the line where Phaedra asked Brandy, what made you think the lady was a lesbian? (laughs) Brandy goes, her eyebrows. I think we all know we're talking about Denise Richards here. So I'm excited for them to gossip with one another. And, you know, they're not on these shows anymore, so they don't really have a whole lot to lose. So I feel like we're going to really get a lot more from this cast in terms of chaos and drama than we did from the first Ultimate Girls Trip, although I really loved that one as well. I mean, that was the show that I saw where I was like, oh, maybe Teresa isn't all that bad. Like, maybe we're just not seeing, like, the right side of her. And guys, after watching this reunion, I don't know, like it seems like she's two different people because I listened to Christian Gray Snow's podcast this week where he had her on and she seems lovely. Honestly, she seems like a really nice person and she seemed great on Ultimate Girls Trip. And then you watch her on her own show and she's just always defensive, always kind of angry and she's rude. And I just, I guys, I'm never ever going to get over her insinuating that Melissa and Joe should have changed their wedding date because she was pregnant. I mean, (laughs) 
talk about like a complete narcissist that everything has to revolve around you. Oh my gosh. It's just, she just seems quite difficult to deal with unless you catch her where everything's going fine and where no one questions her at all. And maybe she's just that kind of person. Like we all know people who are all fine and dandy until you push them on the wrong thing or you question them a little bit too much. And she may just be that person. Now, personally, I can't really be friends with people like that because when you're worried about their reaction all the time and you feel like you have to censor what you say because uh, it's going to elicit some like very extreme dramatic response, that's no fun. And so I definitely don't envy her family. I don't envy the other women on the show because it really seems like she holds on to things longer than Definitely another housewives, that's for sure. Um, well, there have been a lot of rumors circulating this week. The rumor mill is just completely gone crazy. People are saying Jackie was demoted. We don't know if that's true, although I really hope it's not. I love Jackie, and I really was glad that people got to see a the side of her, the vulnerable side of her that she shared with her eating disorder this season. I really wish we got to see her and Teresa get along because they were getting along in the beginning and did film tennis and other things together. And um, it's just sad that all the stuff that came out about Teresa and Jennifer digging on Evan because I felt like it was last year's drama that was put to bed that was kind of re- brought up from the dead. And I get why Jackie is so upset. But for me, for watching Housewives, I do like these ever-changing dynamics between the group. And we haven't had enough of that change in dynamics on Jersey in a while. The only change has been Dolores and Margaret becoming close. But you know, other than that, we have we haven't seen as much. So I get why they need to, you know, zhuzh up the cast a little. We're also hearing that the Real Housewives of the OC is going the way of Beverly Hills and having a very large cast with many friends of, although people say that Tamara is not coming back. Now, I don't believe all of these OC rumors. I don't know why people try and dig all of them up. It's like, it's the off season now. Let them regroup. And hopefully when we see a trailer, then we'll be excited and ready to watch the next season. But I'm not as big as like what's going on in between when they're either not filming or when they are filming, but I don't, I don't want to know everything, you know? And I think Atlanta did such a good job this season because we didn't hear all of these rumors about what was going to play out and not play out. And we're starting to hear them a bit about Potomac. And I don't know, I guess I just want to be surprised, maybe go back to the old school way of viewing these shows. We've heard that Giselle is dating Peter Thomas, Cynthia's ex-husband. She has denied it, though. So has Robin. But apparently they keep filming at his restaurants and with him. I don't really know what that's about. But I'm not going to kind of read too much into any of this because, again, these are just rumors. So if they are not confirmed by the people uh, who they involve, then we'll just we'll just have to see. Before we get to this week's guest, who I am so, so excited about, I just wanted to share something 
um, more personal uh, because it is Mental Health Awareness Month. So many of you probably saw that Kyle Richards posted that she lost her best childhood friend to mental illness last week. Um, I don't think I've ever shared this on the podcast, uh, and I don't talk about it very often, but when I was in college, I too lost a good friend to a battle with mental illness. She committed suicide when we were in our sophomore year of college, and you know, I don't know, you know, what could have been done necessarily to save her. It's it's a com- complicated issue, but I will say that I encourage all of you to talk to your partners, talk to your family members, talk to your friends about how you are feeling. Let them help you if you feel like you need some help. And because one of the really scary pieces of, you know, depression, uh, bipolar depression, uh, mental illness in general, is that it tricks you into thinking that there is no way out and that it's never going to change and that you're never going to get better and that no one can help you anyhow. And the disease makes it very difficult to actually take the steps you need to get help. And so I always think it's useful to have tools in place before the waves of illness hit. And so having a therapist that you talk to regularly, so you do have someone you can reach out to, um, you know, when in need is is a useful tool. I know not everyone can access or afford therapy. Um, there are many, uh, you know, sliding scale fees and and other, you know, ways to, to access help. But just really encourage you to be vocal about how you're feeling and ask others how they're doing and really take take the time to listen. And hopefully, you know, we can get more investment in resources for mental health, uh, you know, on college campuses is a huge thing for for youth, um, for everyone. And one thing I did want to note, and this has nothing to do with Kyle and her friend, I don't know anything about that case. But many people don't realize that there is a link between COVID and depression. About 50% of adults in the United States who had recovered from COVID experienced symptoms of depression. And so if you recently had about with COVID, even if it wasn't a serious, you know, illness, even if it was mild, you may like six weeks or so later, experience symptoms of depression. And so just just to be aware of that, um, and just to, to check on yourself and, and to check on each other. And, you know, I've been pretty open about the fact that I struggle with extreme anxiety. I am on treatment. You know, I take medication for it daily. I have as needed medication. I talk to a therapist. Um, You know, I think the more that we break the stigma of mental illness, the more we talk about it, the hopefully more is invested in the resources that are needed. So, yeah. Anyways. Hard pivot, guys. Hard pivot. (laughs) So this week on the podcast, I'm having Samantha Bush from the podcast Hot Off the Mess. You guys know her as the Bravo Historian on Instagram and Take Your Zoloft on Twitter. Hey, 
Reminder to take your Zoloft in honor of Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, we have such a great time chatting. I hope you guys enjoy the podcast. Um, we're going to take a quick break and then back with Samantha. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hi, everyone. I am here with Samantha Bush, who you guys all know as the Bravo historian on Instagram. She's also host of the podcast, Hot Off the Mess, writer for The Dip, and she reminds us kindly to take our Zoloft. How are you doing, Sam? Take it. I just took it right before this podcast. I'm doing good. How are you? (laughs) Good. I'm so excited to talk about Atlanta with you because I feel like you truly appreciate this franchise. It's my favorite franchise, probably because it's the one that got me into Housewives. Like, this was my gateway into it all. Like, I watched season one. I just remember, like, I I remember flipping through, like, the guide and seeing Real Houses of Orange County. And I was a huge reality television person, period. Like, I followed all of it, like, all the shit. I was on it. But then I like clicked into Real Houses of Orange County one time and it was like the very early season. I was like, I don't know what's going on here. And I just didn't connect with them because this was like, I mean, this was like Tammy Knickerbocker, like Quinn, like this was like early years. And then one day I clicked into Real Houses of Atlanta and I was like, who are these women? I am obsessed. I was obsessed with Kim Solsiak, like smoking cigarettes, like in her <laughs> townhouse, like <laughs> Like in front of her kids, like not giving a fuck in her car, drinking the wine. Like Nini, Nini is the housewife for me personally. I know that there's a lot of shit going on with her right now, but to me, she's really like the housewife. Like she killed, she kills it. She's the funniest one we've ever had ever. She's, She's so funny. And I think a lot of the Atlanta women are like this. They're funny in the most like natural way. Like that like with Sheree, like it doesn't even it just rolls off the tongue like these little digs like these little like like <laughs> shady little things that she says like I mean we'll get to it when we talk about Marlo Marlo's oh archive God. party but it's just like Sheree it's like these women are just so fucking funny and I love them so how natural did it feel to you to watch Marlo at like as an actual housewife Because it shocked me how natural it felt. It was amazing. Like, I was so excited. First of all, when I found out that she got a peach, I swear to you, my eyes teared up. Because I was excited for her. And I was also excited for us. Because, like, we now get to see more of Munty, which I'm, like, very invested in. Because the moment that, like, she shared that little part of her life with us a few years ago... I think it really changed a lot of people's like perspectives on her and like, and it got us to see like a different layer. And now we get to see more of that. Like before it was just like, Oh, I'm watching. I have my nephews with me. I don't, you know, my sister's going through this hard time. And now it's like, we're watching her like pack lunches. She's got the apple. She's got the 
kids with the, the garage car opener. Like she's she's full on Monty. Full on Monty. I loved that she came dressed as Rizzo to that first scene. So that was the first day of filming. Right. And I haven't yet listened to Carlos King's podcast this week, but I hear that it came out that it was the first day of filming. Sheree had gotten her contract, signed her contract, took a shower and headed right over. And the yeah. other women didn't even know she was coming. And they right. just like, no one missed a beat. And no, it was the most natural thing I've seen on Atlanta. Like it was so easy breezy just her just waltzing in like if Carlos King never came out and said that I would have never known like I would have thought that they were prepared because she just came on in sat down on the couch like, <laughs> just, like ready to talk about, about Tyrone <laughs> like they, she was just ready I was like that is a fucking professional a woman who signs her contract and is like mic me up I'm going to the dance studio and Where just, are the bitches at? And the fact that, like, Kenya didn't miss a beat either, being like, how's Tyrone? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd be like, what's his name? You know? I'd be like, how's Prison Bay? <laughs> like, what? Like, where is he? Is he out? Like, I don't know. And it was just so fun because to me, those are the four women that, like, are, like, the core four right now because they've been on the longest. We have the most history with them. So to see all of them kind of come together, even though they all have had their different moments with each other was like so fun. And like, I was smiling from ear to ear the entire show, like the entire episode. I was like, I mean, of course I cringed a couple times, but like I was loving it. Me too. I mean, I definitely cringed when Sheree said that she wasn't having sex with Tyrone anymore. And the abstinence. then the abstinence was was a little cringe. And then the response to the abstinence was also super cringe. Where They're like, well, don't you think if you don't give it to him that he's going to get it somewhere else? And it's like, oh, that trope. Like, come yeah. on, people. Like, let's. <laughs> but I mean, you know, I do have to laugh when they were like, so when you went and saw him for the first time, like, how was it? And Sheree was like, it was quick. <laughs> it was quick. I was like, that's amazing. I mean, She's just so fucking funny. And, and to so me, honest. Candy seemed Candy seemed so engaged this episode. Like, to me, she's felt, it, she felt so different to me. Like, she felt like she was, like, really clocked in, like, really engaged in different conversations. I mean, the whole Drew situation. Like, she just is, like, there. And I really, I like when Candy is, like, really present. I mean, Candy's one of my all-time favorites because I love a smart woman that's not afraid to show how brilliant they are and not afraid to speak their mind. But she has principles, but, you know, mm-hmm. she can move on from things. I was laughing so hard when her and Sonia, which we will get into, were giving Ralph, Drew's husband, a hard time when they came over to taste her drop it like Drew or drop it with Drew food. Her shrimp. It <laughs> there was were like giving, four shrimp. <laughs> it was giving Shannon Bedore salmon cream cheese. Like it was, remember that? Like a few years ago when she made that microwave oh, I mean, salmon. I'll never forget. Because sick. Like I would imagine cutting into the salmon and the salmon <sighs> being cooked and it being like frozen cream cheese in the Disgusting. Because it's like a toaster strudel. Remember when those toaster strudels, you would toast them and the, the jelly would still kind of be frozen inside. Yeah, like, and there'd that be like salmon. the little ice crystals on it. <laughs> But so that's what it reminded me of. But but Candy and Sonia, like, just coming for Ralph was so hilarious. They were like, 
what? Like you're saying what to this woman? Uh, it was great. And, and also Candy's like not buying it. Oh, he's no great. one's buying it. I mean, especially after watching last season, Drew's not buying it. No, no. It's funny. What I find so funny about Drew is like she really tries so hard to sell us on like herself and her like diet and her relationship and everything. But it all comes out in the end like that it's not true. So she's like, I lost 25 pounds. And she's really trying to sell us on this idea that she lost 25 pounds in three weeks. And then the editors were like, I don't think so. I don't think that that's true. And she's like, my marriage is really great. And then Ralph is like texting a girl. It's like. And it's a former assistant. I mean, the whole thing is absolutely nuts. It was wild to watch the scene with, um, Drew and Sonia and their husbands at the gym and just Sonia who is such a natural and I don't like to you know I like to observe the Brian Moylan what is it the Eileen Davidson Accord where you at least wait five episodes before making a judgment on a housewife but Mm -hmm. I think she's perfect I think she's perfect for this role like I think so too absolutely she was able to, I mean, she didn't skip a beat and she was moving things along. I know. I mean, to come on as a friend of Drew's and then shade her in your first confessional, <laughs> I was like, I love her. Like, I don't know this woman, but I love her so much. And she's giving us like family dynamic. She's giving us husband dynamic. She's giving us abs. Oh my God. She is one of those people that when you watch her run and watch her lift weights, it's like, beautiful and i don't think that shit is beautiful but the way she does it she's so elegant and how she and incredible you know i know and like (laughs) i mean it's kind of hilarious like her husband won two super bowls she's won four gold four gold medals she does not mention the bronze um and then ralph and drew pop up and they're walking in and I'm <laughs> like, never, he never die. played a game in college. Never played a game. She's I mean, like, he still was D1. I was like, <laughs> I don't think it matters. <laughs> well, and she, I mean, I was shocked that she could do anything at the gym if she had just had major abdominal surgery. So she, it comes out later that she had a hysterectomy and she that had a shocking. tummy tuck. I mean, I've had minor abdominal surgery and I couldn't do anything for like a month at least. I know. And the thing about Atlanta is they they drop these big bombs like that sometimes where you're just like, oh, like you had a hysterectomy? Like that would be an entire storyline on Orange County. Oh, for sure. I mean, it would be a whole thing. <laughs> I mean, Shannon Bedore, like and her non-existent estrogen levels... <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> have been going on. I could have told you that watching her. I was like, mm-hmm. girl, get on some like hormone replacement therapy. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it was so funny watching Drew and Ralph like walk in and be standing next to these like superstar athletes. <laughs> and like, that would be me. And I think that that's the thing about Drew. She's kind of like the Shannon of Atlanta, in my opinion, like where she's just kind of relatable but she tries hard to not be like she wants to be this like actress and like her husband's like, I don't know what the fuck he does, by the way. She said that at one point in the gym, she was like, you know, you're never going to stand in the way of me and my dreams. Right. What are his dreams? 
And why would she be in the way? He writes children's music. Wait, he does? Yeah, I Googled him. Because I was like, what the fuck are his dreams? Like, what does he do for a living? And he has this company for children's (laughs) music called My Mind. Hang on, I have it written down. Give me one second. Um, Where is it? My My Mind Business. And it's like children's bops. Like Rafi style? I, I don't know. I didn't get my ears on <laughs> on any of the tracks, but I was like, his dreams? Like I was so confused. And he he's choosing his dreams, he said. He's choosing his dreams. Oh man, that guy is like, I don't know how she puts up with it, honestly. Slimy. Just the fact that he hired an assistant that was inappropriate, was texting with her. And then his response to her saying like, well, I can give you a massage or whatever. I should have come over and given you a massage was like, I'm a guy or I'm a dude. <gasps> like what kind of a and response? didn't see the problem. I think like, he knows didn't... the problem. I think he knows he's the plain. Problem. But I he's think like, he's, what? Yeah. <laughs> I know. And Sanya and... Candy are like, are you fucking dumb? Like, no, 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 no. I need Stanya's husband to be like a king because we are down bad in the men department in Atlanta. Yeah. I don't even really care for Todd. I don't like her husband already. (gasps) Stanya's? Yeah. Oh, my God. I think he's so sexy. No, I mean, I think he's very attractive, but... When but he was, you know, pushing on having, first of all, having a daughter, like you can't choose that, first of right. all. Like, right. <laughs> so, right. like, what are you going to make her keep going until you get a girl? And second of all, when she was like, well, I'm worried what that will do to our relationship. And he was like, well, what if we don't? Like, like it might ruin our relationship if we don't right. have another kid. And it putting was... that pressure on someone when you're not the one that has to carry it. No, and also he said it super casually at the dinner table with her parents. I was like, that's quite, that's something like a private conversation. He was like, well, I'm worried. Like, that's just like, I would be devastated if the person I was married to said that to me, but let alone in front of my parents and cameras. I'd be like, and then he's like, all right, I'll go turn on the TV for you. I'm like, (laughs) right. I'm like, what is happening at this dinner table? Like, they're just trying to eat their food. And he's like we might get divorced if you don't have another baby. Bye. I was like, this is fucking crazy. And, you know, she has real reason to be worried because she said he wasn't very present after they had a kid. And -hmm. she felt like she was all alone in raising the kid. And that's awful. And why doesn't he take some time to think about that? Mm, Because men don't think. I mean, her dad was even... I First of all, I'm obsessed with her parents obsessed with her mother she's a star she's going to be a breakout star move over mama joyce we got a new queen in town i love them so much and her dad's like well i'll help with the formula and her and her mother were looking at him like no you're not like shut up like that's not the point like you're missing the point her mother's can we just take a second for her mother's cheekbones are the most beautiful cheekbones i have ever seen on television Stunning. stunning beautiful family i'm obsessed and their little boy he was like i want a dog like i don't want a brother or sister <laughs> like, i love that like, get too. me out of here like the dad's really the only one that wants a kid so i guess we'll see how that plays out <sighs> i bet she'll end up having another kid 
You think? Yeah, I do. Wow. I can't handle a pregnant housewife. So she, but I hope that's not she's the case. an athlete. So I can't imagine her like that's true. Complaining. The only pregnant housewife that I'm ever like tolerant of was Monique Samuels because she was like very active in her pregnancy with the girls. Yeah, I was thinking more Ashley Darby, also Potomac, because she showed us <laughs> everything. Like, can you imagine having a camera crew in your home? No. When you have less than 48 hours earlier birthed a human. No, never. Oh, my God. I would just... And she let us in on, like, all the of it. Placenta. Yeah. That we had to watch it problems. get <laughs> We had to watch it get cooked. I didn't realize how, like, common of a thing that is in kind of frou-frou communities, you know? Yeah, I mean, sorry, my cat just jumped up on my lap. She does this whenever I'm recording a podcast. She's oh my God, very my, link. My dog usually like barks at some point. I love that soundscapes. I know. Um, <laughs> of the animal kingdom. <laughs> Wait, what's where did your dog get its name? Ruby? Ruby. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just Oh, you got around. your dog when it was already named. Oh, no, I meant like, I just don't know where it even came from. I was talking to my friend and I was like, what should I name her? And she threw out Luna and Ruby. And I said, oh, I like Ruby. And I thought it was really unique. And then every everyone knows a dog named Ruby. And I feel like a fucking idiot. No, I don't know a dog named Ruby, but I oh do know God. multiple Lunas. I've met so many people that are like, oh, my God, my family dog's name is Ruby. Oh, my God, my neighbor's dog's name is Ruby. Oh, growing oh up, God. people were like, oh, my family dog's name is Mandy. <laughs> just like. And you're like, why are you telling me? (laughs) It sounds weird. Okay. Um, My dog is Stassi. Um, (gasps) Like, she's like a little white. Not after Schroeder. Oh, yes, after. Because (laughs) she's a little white bitch and was like, honestly, a devil as a puppy. I love that. And her personality is like insane. Like, she is very sweet now. She's Stassi. But she was very Stassi as a puppy. She was like, I am the devil. No, I'm not even kidding. She, (laughs) when she was, like, when I first got her, she was only maybe nine and a half weeks old and it was raining constantly. So I got like a little raincoat for her because, and I don't normally put clothes on dogs, but like she would get drenched anytime we went outside and she was like five pounds at the time. So put it on her. She didn't like it. She tried to take it off when she realized that she couldn't. She maintained eye contact with me and proceeded to pee on the carpet and she knew what she was doing and that eye contact that never broke for like those 10 seconds i was like i literally felt that she was telling me i'm the devil and don't you forget it and that's how she got the name i was like she's stassi oh my god that is a stassi thing (laughs) that is but she's grown you know she's grown the dark passenger is Put away. <laughs> Every once in a while, oh, that's it comes incredible. out. <laughs> I love that. I was like, not after sauce, and you're like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh and yeah. I remember my dad, who doesn't follow any of this, and my dad's Russian, hence the accent I'm going to do. But he called me like a couple of years ago, and he's like, I hear Stasi is racist. <laughs> he was like, are you going to change her name? <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> racist dog (laughs) I didn't know she was getting canceled (laughs) I am so obsessed with that 
That is so cute. <laughs> it came up in his Google News, and he never knows his anything. News. Yeah, so keeps oh my god, <laughs> I love that so much. That's so oh my cute. God. Anyways, I love pets. Um, let's chat about the archive. The how do you even say it? The archive. The archive. But it's very archive rather than lit archive. I know. She's got to change that. It. I could not get over the spelling. I mean, and I'm no major French speaker, but even I know that that's not the proper way to As say the archive. Who's taking French on dual. Okay. Barbara, get down. Sorry. She's like all up in my face. Like I can't even like speak. I have like hair in my eye. Wait, okay. is it Barbara after Streisand? Yes, of course. Fucking love. Literally Jew- of Jewish of my like my absolute She's everything Jewish to me. Woman. I love her. She's everything to me. And it was so funny when it was Barbara Streisand's birthday and I was posting her on Instagram with Barb, you know, my cat. People were like, oh my God, I never put that together. I'm like, yeah, guys, like. Oh, I, it was either I'm that obsessed. or Barbara Bush for me. <laughs> and I well, that's it my wasn't. last name. <laughs> and I didn't put the two together when I got when I got Barb and I named her that. I Barbara was like, Bush is do they say Barbara Bush the full had, like, name just at died the, at the um? Oh my god, she had just died, so it was like in memoriam. Um, it was. Like, do they say it at the at the vet because of when I put yeah, Stassi's Barbara name Bush. in as Nastasia Bianca. <laughs> When I was filling out the paperwork, and I didn't, and I was, I wrote Stassi, like nickname, and they're like, Nastasia Bianca Slutsker. And you're just like, oh my God. I know when I get a call for Barbara Bush or Ruby Bush, I'm like, what? Like, it's so weird. It's so embarrassing. Um, But La Archive, I mean, I think it's actually like kind of genius. Am I stupid? So I think it would be, but. I kind of had Candy's question, which is the sizing. Like, are they all things that only fit Marlowe? Or could they fit someone who's shorter, who's bigger, who's smaller? Like, does she get multiple sizes because she's been multiple sizes over the years? That's a great question. Most women have had multiple sizes, like, over a 10-year period. I didn't really get the hate that she was getting about not having models. I thought the mannequins were like fun and art art. Like it looked like art to me. Um, but yeah, the sizing, I mean, now that you're saying it, I'm like, damn. Interesting. <laughs> like, wait, how will this work? Like, like if I had a friend see- that had amazing clothes, but mm-hmm. they were a foot taller than me, <laughs> like it wouldn't matter. It would be a little hard. I know. I oh I have this friend that always is offering me her clothes like she's like oh my god you can come over and like try things she's like five foot tall <laughs> i'm five six i'm like how is that gonna work yeah. but it's sweet for you to offer yeah. she offers every day every time i have like in a like i'm going to like a wedding or something she's like, you can come over i have dresses i'm like babe i'm six inches taller than you yeah i mean that's kind of what i was thinking like are all these people or I don't know. Because you the can't tailor thing. them, right? Like, you can't tailor these clothes. Because they're couture. Right. And, like, then you got to bring them back. And you can't, like, how will that? I, I just don't know. But I think it's a smart idea if you have, like, multiples of things. But I don't know if she does. And, like, it was kind of cool to see the women, like, realize, like, these are really her clothes. Like, these are really things that, like, Marlo owns and has worn. I don't know how she got her hands in the J-Lo dress. 
That was nuts. Like, that was completely really looked over. And I don't understand why. That was I mean, crazy. That dress to me means more to me than the Marilyn Monroe dress that Kim Kardashian wore. Don't even get me started on people freaking out over this. I'm like, you guys, Marilyn Monroe's dress was in a fucking Ripley's in Orlando. It, it's not like it was in the Smithsonian or something. It was in a Ripley's, believe it or not. Like, oh, are you kidding me? This place has little, they have like baby teeth on display. Like, what are we talking about? Ugh, so stupid. Yeah. They're so crazy. People are, yeah, people were like really riled up about that. And I was like, like Marilyn is so <laughs> furious. I'm like, Marilyn is dead. Marilyn is dead. I, guys, she's dead. I don't like, know how to break it to you. Let's keep our eyes on what really matters. And if you guys could pay attention to the Supreme Court at this very moment, that would be more beneficial to society. <laughs> and I'm like someone who like, I love talking about pop culture and I find it so yeah. entertaining. But like, I don't take like, I'm not like angry. And I'm like, like, let's take that anger and move it elsewhere. Right. Let's stop writing think pieces on Marilyn Monroe's dress. Like, I also enough. like, to bring it to housewives, I don't know why yeah. people get so angry about housewives. If that, if watching these shows elicited anger in me, like a lot of it all the time, mm-hmm. I would stop watching because <laughs> I don't want to be know. angry. Here's the thing like, there are definitely moments in housewives where I'm like, oh my God, like, here we go, or like, this is annoying. But I've never hated a housewife ever. The only housewife I hate is Kelly Dodd because I think she's an actual horrible human being and she's tried to dox me. Yeah, I, on rem- Twitter. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like I have personal reasons. Yeah. But everyone else, like, of course, there's housewives that I'm just like, I don't really like her or I don't really vibe with her. I don't think, you know, like with Teresa, I'm like, uh, there is issues there for me. But people get so angry and like worked up and I'm just like, if this isn't fun for you, like, no, then don't watch. Because it's it clearly isn't fun. I think some people enjoy being mad all the time. I like, I mean, that's why, you know, you've got the news the way it is, right? It's like, right. Meant go watch to elicit, NBC. Like, outrage. And I think mm-hmm. some people get outraged watching Housewives and they take that out on social media. And it's it's weird. It's kind of weird to me. I know. And we were saying earlier, like when I meet someone who watches Bravo, that's not really on social media, like in the Bravo social media world. I'm like, you are so pure because you just like watch these shows and you just take it at face value. Like you don't know, like maybe what's going on behind the scenes or like what this person said on Instagram about this person. Like you don't know. So I'm like, wow, what's that like? It's also as if they're watching it without knowing any of the backstory or any leaks. Which you is so like how we all used to watch back in the day, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, why am I doing that? Like, maybe I'll just quit and like go back to watching it like that. Because that sounds really nice. Right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I was just laughing at how just the just how quickly Kenya and Marlo got into it. Right, it was just Marlo you couldn't even get everyone. through. She's coming for everyone. She's making everyone work for their peaches because she worked so hard to get hers. And mm-hmm. Sonia, for Sonia to bring up to Marlo that Kenya was talking shit in her first episode at the first event, I was like, "This woman is a professional." Standing next to Sheree, the OG bone collector, 
I mean, we have a new bone collector. She did. She did it flawlessly. It wasn't clunky the way like Emily mm. Simpson does it. Right. It, like it just that felt that always feels clunky. This was just like, and then she was like, "Oh no, it was me." <laughs> Like when they were all yeah. talking, it's like this is hilarious. She's going to be such a good addition. And Andy Cohen said on Watch What Happens Live, like he really likes her. Like he's like she feels like a good person to kind of come in and just give a new energy. And that's really what I felt the whole episode is like there was new energy, there was new dynamics, there was new like you know the women are having different relationships with one another. Like we didn't have the stale Kenya versus Portia thing. Like it it felt really really good to like be fresh. I wonder if Portia was holding certain people back, like Candy, from really being able to express themselves because they didn't feel not safe, but like comfortable. Mm -hmm. I bet that like, I understand that Candy, quote unquote, moved on with with Portia regarding the whole situation that happened in season nine. But there was probably a huge part of her that really didn't and was like, I'm not going to, I don't fuck with her like that. Like, I'll film with her all you know we'll go to cast events together but like they're never going to be friends you know it was not real um and then with the kenya stuff with portia it's like that was like that wasn't even like they weren't even fighting with each other anymore they were just literally not engaging and that's not fun to watch so i'm glad portia decided to go do whatever she's doing with simon <laughs> um that spinoff was nuts i didn't watch so- it i couldn't get myself to watch it if it's oh it worth God. watching like if i get covid yeah oh yeah okay it's it's crazy because it's like she got the spinoff thinking it's going to make her look really good and it doesn't. It makes her look horrible and it makes Dennis look good. It's I really thought crazy. that would happen though just because yeah. of the things that like Kate Chastain said about her. I'm like oh okay like I know who she is. She is like mm-hmm. Hannah Burner, but is better at hiding it. Right. Hannah, Hannah kind of I don't know what the fuck happened there. Yeah. That was nuts. Too much like main character energy, maybe. Mm-hmm. Too much like I know I'm on a show. I know what I've gotten from the show, that, and I'm presenting it like that. It's like that's not. Let's not do that. Oh God. Well, should we hop on over to Jersey? Oh my God. Yes, I have so much to say. Okay. So, so much to say. I before we get into Teresa, I was very shocked and surprised by Jennifer and Dolores. Like, did you see this coming at all? No. And I've kind of felt that Dolores and Jennifer were never very close. Like, I never thought, oh, my God, they're really good friends. Because I know how close Dolores is with Margaret in real life. Mm -hmm. Um, But this, like, for them to argue and fight like this just was shocking. I was like, and right out of the gate, I was like, oh. We're already in it. We're already fighting. I was so excited. <laughs> I was excited. I enjoyed watching it because it felt real. Yeah. It felt I, very real. Like Dolores literally called her disgusting and I felt it to my core. I was like, oh, she means that. It I don't was, know. I was like really, really ready. <laughs> Do you think that Dolores was playing both sides between Margaret and jennifer this season no i don't think so i think dolores always really tries to be like the voice of reason 
between everybody, this green light on my mic is so distracting. Oh my god, I don't know if you've noticed. I look like a fucking Christmas tree. It I can't blink. see it from it's here. Like right, it's like right in my eye. <laughs> Sorry, it's, it's like, like one so of those eye exams where they like it's like put really things upsetting. closer and closer. <laughs> I need like, to put like tape over it. It's so I'm so sorry. I really feel like I was having like a seizure. Okay. Uh, with Dolores, I always feel like she's like the voice of reason. And I think that her and Margaret are genuinely really, really good friends. And I think with Jennifer, she was really trying to just keep her close because of Teresa. And just like she didn't want it to feel like it's Teresa and Jennifer against everybody else. But now I think that that's kind of what's happened. <laughs> Yeah, I thought her, I thought Dolores and Jennifer had a lot of things in common about how they viewed family and the role of women in the family and just, I don't know, kind of certain values, values, old school values, and that she was able to sort of explain where Jennifer was coming from to the other women and... You she's know, like a I translator, a translator, translating for Teresa and Jennifer. Like she's but, always trying to explain. Yeah, it. I think things may have changed for her during last reunion. And Jennifer likes to say that she hasn't done anything to Margaret since season one. But that is not true. Last season, Margaret talked about being taken advantage of, i.e., raped by her boss when she was like 20 or something like that. And she didn't use the word rape, but it was definitely not a consensual, fully consensual, like sexual experience. Mm -mm. And Jennifer made it seem like Margaret was sleeping to the top and that Mm -hmm. she was, you know, and that's just, I think there's so few things that like hurt that bad as to discount someone's experience when they're trying to explain themselves. And I don't think... I know Margaret went through a lot writing the book. I don't think she used language that most women could un- that that everyone could understand. Mm-hmm. You know, but because she, she danced around it a little, she didn't use like mm-hmm. terms like consent. She didn't use the term rape, but there was definitely it a was power there. And it balance. was in place. Yeah, right. And I totally now that you've said that, like now I'm kind of remembering that reunion. And I, Dolores, I think was kind of like really upset by that, especially. When the attacks, like when Jennifer was like, well, your husband's just a plumber. And then Teresa said the comment about the sexual assault where she was like, I would never let that happen to me. That was. Ugh. And I'm like, you have four daughters. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like it, that really, really disgusted me. Teresa said a lot of disgusting things and done a lot. But that really, really bothered me because I'm like, you are so like short sighted and ignorant. And I just I can't. I mean, there are two women that have spent their entire lives, uh, you know, not really working in the traditional sense where they have to go somewhere and there's a boss and there's power imbalances. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they they haven't done that um, in a long time. I know Teresa, maybe before, you know, the first Joe or whatever. I guess the second guy is not Joe. I can't keep track of all these Italian names. (laughs) They're all Joe and Joe and and Louie. And you know, yeah, Frank and Frankie, and- yes, lots of Franks, <laughs> lots of Franks. Well, and I, you know, it's kind of frustrating when Jennifer was like, Well, I worked at, I think she said, like her jewelry store. I'm like, Yeah, but that was your family business. Like, that wasn't like in New York City in the 80s or 90s, whenever Margaret went. And I'm just like, And it doesn't matter. It was her experience, and you're completely taking away from that. And Margaret doesn't fucking owe you anything. If anyone ever like did that shit to me 
I would probably never speak to them again, but they're on a show, so they have to talk. And she had this idea that Margaret, because Margaret cheated on Jan, that she was a cheater and or someone who is just a slut or a whore or doing mm. bad things sexually and using it to advance. And so that was the label that she just so quickly put on Margaret. And I don't agree with certain things Margaret has done, including during this season, but for them to act like Margaret came you know, up with all this stuff out of the blue. Like, right. no, she had ammo and she used it. She she swung back. Well, and she also brought it up at last year's reunion, mm-hmm. but they cut it. They didn't show that. They cut that. And so it's like, this has been something that they've known about forever. And it's like, if you're going to keep saying shit about me and my husband and my life and, you know, my sexual assault and you have that in your closet, girl, That's crazy. That's like, to me, there's a part of me that really thinks Jennifer came on the show hoping it would come out because it would like free her a little bit of this like guilt, like that, because she really feels like it was her fault. And so I love that sit down with her and Marge at the coffee shop where Margaret was like, it's not your fault. Like, this isn't on you. And I like that Jackie was there to remind her of that as well. Like, he did this. Like, this has nothing to do with you. You were a great wife. And Jennifer had to bury that. And I feel bad for her because I think Bill is slimy and gross and I don't like him. Yeah, he's I mean, I think he's fun to watch in certain scenes for sure. With the boys. But yeah, but I don't know. I also like think if he was having a relationship with a subordinate at work, that's mm-hmm. an huge red flag. It's not just that he was Problem. cheating, but he was cheating with someone that had less power than him. And... I don't know. And your and, wife was pregnant. And like, you're disgusting. Rep? Like, you know, I mean, I'm not going to, like, <laughs> diss all pharma reps because they, you know, do let doctors' offices know about new technologies and new drugs. But I don't know. Like, what if it was the pharma rep that was, like, pushing Oxy? Because a lot oh of them God. were back 10 years ago. Well, that adds a new layer. That's my conspiracy theory that I've come up with. I love it. We're Bring like it conspiracy back to the opioid epidemic. Yeah, and yeah, let's circle back. Um, I mean, I like. I agree with you. I don't agree with everything Margaret did this year. I don't. No. But I mean, this is housewives. They all do. They all do stuff we don't agree with, and stuff we would probably never do in real life. Do you think Jackie is really Margaret's puppet? No. I don't think so either. I don't know why I'm so confused by that. (laughs) It's such a weird, like Jackie's just pissed about stuff about Evan. She's not letting it go. Fine. But I don't think she's, you know, says and does what she wants. She was friendly with Jennifer. Like she was helping Jennifer. If she was on Margaret's, if she was Margaret's puppet, the thing about those three women is like, they like Melissa, Margaret and Jackie is like, they don't, they're no one's puppet. They're just like there. They have real friendship. They hang out really outside of the show. Teresa doesn't hang out with these women outside of the show. Her life is the show. It's just. And she made that clear. This, this episode. She is something else. Who do you think was behind the reason that Teresa didn't have Dolores at her and Louie's engagement party? Oh my God, Louie. Okay. 100%. There's all these rumors going around right now about. You know, she wasn't invited because Dina, because Dolores is so close with Caroline and Dina, blah, blah, blah. That is, they have been close for over 10 years, Dolores and Caroline. 
Dina has known that. And like, I was thinking about it. If my best friend got married and a friend of hers was there and we didn't get along, I would be like, okay, like you can still invite her. You know, it doesn't matter. I don't think that this whole Dina thing is true. I know people are online being like, well, she's trying to protect Dina by saying, you know, well, we just don't double date. That's that's why you weren't invited. And I don't think that that's true. I just don't. I just think it's weird that Louie wouldn't want Dolores there or does Dolores question things when the cameras aren't rolling? Or is it that Dolores is too close to Margaret and Louie is like... Uh-uh. I think that's more of it. Like mm-hmm. where Louis is, I think Louis is very focused on the show and his, and then all of that. It's just, it goes back into the whole idea that he's controlling, right? Because a normal fiance would be like, yeah, anyone that matters to you should come to this party. It's not like they're having multiple engagement parties where it's like, oh, this is the party for our couple friends. This is the party for your, you know, right. like. And for Dolores to not even know about it. Like she didn't Wait, even she know didn't that this know? was happening. No. Oh. Then and then she, she started getting Teresa. asked. Okay. Yeah. And then she was like, I didn't even know what happened. And then I called Teresa and was like, are you mad at me? Like, that's weird. Because yeah. it's like, they've been friends for so long. Teresa and Dina have been friends for so long. It just seems like a very weird and convenient timing for Dina to be the excuse of her not coming. I think it's Louie and everyone's just trying to protect him. But I also think, like, the fact that Teresa goes along with it says a lot oh. about her. Yeah, I oh, mean, man. I think, yeah. Are you over the Gorka family drama? Like, no, Melissa I'll never versus... Really? Okay. No. <laughs> I, I, I love it I know people hate it I know people are so sick of it but I think it's so real that I, that's why I'll never tire of it like it's so real there's so much pain there like there's so much hurt like when Joey was like you gotta stop with that when he looked at Teresa because when they fight Joey and Teresa revert back to being six years old yes and they you are watching them fight as children And so I just find that to be so interesting. And I think as much as people say Melissa needs Teresa, I think Teresa needs Melissa because it, there's so much there and I just love it. I love when the kids are involved and Gia's involved, even though I don't agree. I, I'm just like, I eat it up. I eat it the fuck up. I I love it. And I also love Joey Gorga. What I'm amazed by is that we still get nuggets of information that we didn't know. And the thing that I was most shocked by this episode was when we found out that Teresa was nine months pregnant during Melissa and Joe's wedding, and she thinks that Melissa should have moved the wedding date until after Teresa had her baby, because that's what a good bride or sister-in-law would do. Yeah. And Melissa was, and Andy was even shocked. Andy's face was like, because this was something that happened 20 years ago. And Teresa's bringing it up. And that is like a family, like all families, I feel like do that shit. Like, like my mom will still be angry about something that my aunt did in 1982. Mm-hmm. Like she, she's not like angry, like every single day walking around angry about it. But like, if it gets brought up, my mom will be like, oh, no, there's, there's so like I love stuff it. in my family too. And a lot of times it's the children that carry on the like anger and the stories of the way oh, yeah. Gia doing. We had oh a my situation God. in my family, like before my mom was even born, um, her mother was pregnant, nine months pregnant. And 
uh, was at the wedding of her brother-in-law and brother-in-law's wife. And the wife didn't want my grandma in the pictures because she was nine months pregnant. Okay. And apparently they got into some argument and there was a little bit of yelling. And then this is like such a horrible story. My grandma gave birth to a stillborn. And she told the story to her children one day and they decided it was this aunt's fault that the baby died. Right. And so, like, there was always this tension with this one aunt who was a difficult woman, an unusual person, didn't always have the best, like, social skills. Right. Obviously. (laughs) But, like, the fact that my mom told me the story, and I was like, you weren't even born when this happened, and you still feel this way about this aunt? Like, yeah. Like, (laughs) family is so fucking funny. Like, it's so layered it's so layered and that's why i just don't think i'll ever tire of it and i think next season we're probably going to hear from antonia you know because when joe said he's like you don't think my kids know about this stuff that you've done like they would never speak to you like that ever and i was like yes joe was a getter i and i also loved the way they all approached teresa this reunion i just felt so they i felt like they've never done that before they mm-hmm. really tried to communicate with her instead of like arguing back with her about everything. I felt that they were just reiterating, like, we're hurt. We're sad about this, but we're happy for you. So that, if this is what you believe and this is what you think. Fine. Believe it. If you think all that. And I just was like, that's that's great because it made Teresa look crazy. Yeah, no, it did. And it really... I just really felt it when Melissa was like, well, you say you care about family. Well, we're family. I'm family. But Mm -hmm. Teresa picks and chooses whose family. She picks and chooses the rules. And so the thing that pisses me off about Teresa is that, like, what I think is the mark of a good housewife and that they all need to have in order to keep entertaining us is that they have to be able to move on with things. If someone keeps being upset that's what a lot of people were upset with jackie because she held on to being upset for so long and it was it was just a rumor whatever but Teresa holds on to things for decades decades Decades. she can't move past anything and so you're constantly in a loop with her you're never like moving forward and Mm -hmm. it does get frustrating to me as a viewer it's so frustrating and there was a little moment when Teresa brought up how they came on the show and, you know, befriended Caroline and Jacqueline. And Melissa says, well, you know, you also befriended Jan and Kim D. And there's this little moment and there's a lot of talking over, but I caught it. And it's Teresa. And she said, that wasn't me. That was the show. And I was like, oh, so her entire life is the show. And she like completely just does things for the show without thinking of the repercussions and how it's going to hurt or affect anybody else. Cause befriending Jan or Kim D was not real. It was like for the show. And it's like, but you're hurting your sister in law. And then it really made me so sad for Melissa when she was naming off all the things she's like, I've been here. I've been in your life. I held your dad's hand. I painted your mom's toenails. I did all of those things. And I wasn't even at the table. But these women that you've known for one year have been at the table like that. What? Like that doesn't make sense. So what if you want double dates with them? 
I I'm there for the real shit. I'm there when you went to fucking prison. Like that's nuts. Nuts. Yeah. I I don't know. I I kind of can't understand how and it's I so frustrating. I do think it was shady of Melissa and Joe to try and get on the show behind her back, but it has been a decade. And I think it's time to move forward. Like, I think it's shitty what Melissa did. I do. I don't think that's how you communicate with people, right? Like, you do tell them. I think she was worried that Teresa wouldn't want her to be on. And she didn't want to mess up her chance, right? And so if she was more honest about that, I actually do think maybe they could move on. But the fact that she maintains that she didn't do anything wrong and they have a different version of events, like, that would piss me off, too. But... For the sake of life and your children and like after going to prison, wouldn't you get over a lot of shit? Oh, my God. Getting getting out of prison and then your mom passing away like shortly after, like I would just. And I think that we're what we're seeing is for so long, especially when, you know, Teresa was going to prison and then went and then came back and then Joe was gone and got deported. It was this whole thing. A lot of people tiptoed around her and they really gave her a lot of passes. And I think that that time has passed. Like, I think that time is over. I think they're really going to be very honest moving forward about how they feel and are going to stop with this, like, yeah, loyalty shit. Cause it's like, she's not loyal to anybody. But she she's doesn't get it. I mean, no, she's never going to get it. That's she's never going to get it. Yeah. Right. She's just like, the classic narcissist well, right also like, it's hilarious when she's like joe you're on the show and i'm like so is louis so is frank so is joe b like that's part of the show Teresa. like what about it and you don't think louis knew like once he figured out who you were so what come really you know on a walk did they really meet on a walk i don't believe it i don't know i don't believe it i don't know what Something i believe in the buttermilk ain't clean i <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Well, speaking of being able to like let go of shit, right? After traumatic events, Kyle and Amanda getting COVID (laughs) and realizing that they don't need a prenup anymore. Oh (laughs) my God. Insane or what? Yeah, that was so crazy. I mean, as someone who just got over COVID, I was so triggered because I was like, they probably feel like so shitty yeah. and they have so much to do. <laughs> like, I, I was so sad for them. Like when Amanda was laying in the bed, excuse me, and she was crying, I was like, that's a sick cry. Like, that's like when yeah. you're like so sick and you're so tired and you just don't want to do anything. I felt so bad for her. Um, when you said, you know, seeking a moving, th- moving on from things. I thought you were going to talk about Danielle and the Sierra with the glass. Cause I've never seen anything like that in my life. The way that these, this entire house seemed to just like <laughs> not even acknowledge. I was like, that was wild that I felt wild. like no one was holding Sierra accountable. But I also think that it happened so quickly that people didn't really realize everything that happened or right. the, the order that it happened in until watching it back and that's why i think danielle was upset was like after watching it back you didn't contact me right like that i totally get that and i i feel the same way like sierra just but she is so young she really is and she acts Mm -hmm. young she's like 10 years younger than yes a lot of them she has like she doesn't even have a fully developed frontal cortex like she's not (laughs) fully she didn't know what a lobotomy was (laughs) 
So I do give her a pass. I do. And I think this whole Austin thing, I mean, we've all been swindled by a fuck boy, you know, once or twice. Yeah. So I feel for her, but it's just like, Austin is so gross. But at the same time, she shouldn't have, or she should know by now not to make such a public, um, display of being angry at someone if you're going to forgive them like right a hundred percent i don't follow the kardashians closely but i've never seen chloe badmouth tristan because i think she always never she always knows she wants to have the chance to get back and so you know i mean set aside the fact they have a kid together and all that like i think sierra's mistake was one like not holding austin accountable and trying to throw it all in Lindsay, and then Two, like making a big deal about hating him and not waving back at him at the wedding. <laughs> and mm-hmm. then like later on when cameras aren't rolling, sneaking around with him. Yeah, I know. I was like, God damn it. I was like, Sierra, like we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. And it's like, what is what is Austin's power over these women? I just I don't. don't. Sierra is probably the least likable person for me on the show. Because I feel like she's one, she's a chameleon. She just kind of takes on the personality of whoever she's around. And that, to me, mm-hmm. isn't fun to she's, watch on the show. She seems a little bit like a follower, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, whatever who Paige is. does. And I totally get it. Like, we've all been there. But it's still a show. And we're going to comment on it. Um, yeah, she just seems kind of like a follower. And I'm just like, okay. And, you know, if you... In the preview for the reunion, a lot of people were poking at Paige because she was like looking at Carl and she was like, well, what did you do all summer? And everyone's like, he got sober, Paige. What did you do? Did you lay in bed? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you did? Like, it's so and I, do, I don't like that she said that to him because it really made me realize that Carl, Kyle and Lindsay started this show as genuine friends in a house together. And then Paige and Hannah kind of came in as the younger group, but they have a lot more of awareness of like the show itself. Yes. So when she said that to him, like, well, what did you do? It was almost like a, what did you do to bring entertainment value to the show? Like what right. I did. And that felt very Craigian to me. <laughs> yes. No, it, they are very perfect for each other. They're very hyper aware of social media and what people say and the press. And I mean, he knows his Q score when he brought up his, so his Q, a Q rating is like um, what networks use to gain people's, to see like what the popularity of someone is. That's why Ramona has been on the show for so long because she has such a high Q rating with like middle America. So Craig brought his up. He was, did a podcast and he was like, oh, yeah, my Q, my Q rating dropped after those episodes in Summer House. <gasps> I was like, the fact that you even fucking pay attention and know, like, grow up. It's a sh- it's not going to be around forever. He's so he's the worst. I, he's like funny to me because people just like to conveniently forget anything that he's done or said. That's like so not, you know, the best. Like, I know. And yeah, like this episode when Paige and him were talking, she was like, you're so sneaky. And he was like, I know. I was like, yeah. 
He's a liar. <laughs> I mean, I, I do think he is honest with women in relationships. Like, I have never seen him uh, cheat on someone. I've never seen him lie to a partner. Like, if he's with someone, he's with them. And if he's yeah. not, he's not. And he's not, like, dancing around. Like, I think, actually, he didn't do anything wrong by saying, hey, like, we're having fun together and we're seeing where it goes. And, like, we'll know when it's too far. Totally. You know, mm-hmm. I, I didn't think either of them did anything wrong the only thing is she was just pretending i think because she felt to be the cool girl a a few weeks before him right and there's Mm -hmm. usually one part one person who's like a little bit ahead in the relationship and one who's behind this time it just happened to be she was more ahead and that's not the dynamic that i think she's used to right and i do totally agree with you on that like i don't think either of them did anything wrong in their relationship in the beginning like if he wanted to hook up with Kristen Cavallari, if he wanted to hook up with Naomi, who cares? Whatever. Wait, um, he hooked up with Naomi? Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know this. When? Mm-hmm. Um, I think a few times. <gasps> so mm-hmm. after she left Matul, but before yeah. he got with Paige. Yeah. Oh, my God. How did I not know this? I don't know. I'm shocked you didn't know. <laughs> Yeah. And it, I mean, Naomi and Paige, like, I think that they like each other's because they yeah. filmed Southern Charm together. So I don't pay as much attention to Southern Charm, like, in terms of everything. <laughs> like, I just don't. I watch it, yeah. but I don't know. I'll, I was like, you're not late. like in it, like, in it. Yeah. I was know? late to yeah. the game. I didn't start watching until it was there season four. I went back and watched mm. it and it was like, holy shit, there's a lot of race <laughs> issues with this. Like, they're filming on a plantation. Great. Um, oh my God. I know. It was my first reaction, you know, like as someone who's from the North and <laughs> it, like it isn't used to people casually using the term plantation. Oh, you know? I know. Or being I, proud the of North. their heritage, like knowing that their families owned slaves and like gained wealth through enslavement of other people. Like that is like, why are you bragging about this shit? I mean, when, when T-Rev's dad said that he doesn't use pennies. Because Lincoln's Abraham on Lincoln him. is on the penny. Mm-hmm. I was like, we are, I, what is going on here? <laughs> I was like, I live in the North. I don't understand this world. This is crazy. Yeah, it was, it wasn't just like casual racism, which I think I don't always notice sometimes when it's on like certain housewives shows. But mm-hmm. this was like the most blatant, it was blatantly, like there was blatant racism. Yeah. And so that was shocking to me as a viewer. Shocking. I was like, wait, what the fuck is going on here? Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, then in 2020, they did like they filmed that year and they filmed like the statue being taken down. And it was Catherine's like great, great, great grandfather or something. And she's claimed that she didn't even know that it was being taken down. I'm like, if there was a statue, a famous statue of a relative of mine, I would know about it. This is the thing for people who, like, are related to those kind of, like, it's, they, like, people love to be like, oh, I'm distantly related. But, like, that's not, like, an actual great, 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 grand. And like, it would just, just send a really powerful message, I felt. And, like, what Leva was saying is if she showed up when the statue was being taken down. She, that would have been really powerful. Very, she <laughs> she's always been someone that's, like, very in her own world. Very. Um, very. 
Anyway, I feel bad for her for certain things that she's been put through for sure. And she lost her mother and all of this. But yeah, I don't know. She's never struck me as someone like I don't think she was ever as bad as people claimed she was or as like a much Good. of a heroine as no. Yeah. Yeah, there was that one season where it was really like heavily she was, you know, completely like wronged and she's that and I was like, what? Yeah, they like, were making her be too and I knew too that she wasn't sober then. No, everyone was like, she's not. But I <laughs> but no, no one I, wanted to talk about I it. I know someone that I was friends with that was at a party with her and she was doing cocaine. Like I you know. Yeah. Like that, yeah. you know, yeah. like it's just we are really we're just chatting. <laughs> I'm not like judging. Like, we're talking do, about summer like, house. People can we're, do cocaine. Mothers sure. can do drugs. Like I'm not saying like she wasn't like in charge of her kids that night or something, you know, but mm-hmm. to act like she is this like newfound sober person. Yeah. When just, she just wasn't. Yeah. Just, yeah. you know. Do you think Amanda and Kyle should have gotten married? <sighs> So this is tough. I think if I was in that situation, I probably would not, right? Because I think when people are in these sort of relationships where there's a lot of arguing and it becomes part of the culture of the relationship, they tend to think that, oh, if everyone's relationship had cameras behind closed doors, it would also look like ours. But... Mm -hmm when you're so deep in it, you don't realize that, yes, couples fight, but most couples don't spend that percentage of time. And maybe we're not getting an accurate portrayal. Like maybe they only showed us the times that they were arguing and the other 23 hours and 45 minutes a day, they were like blissfully happy. But it seems like they haven't, what I've always been told about, and I'm single right now, so... Same girl. <laughs> Take it with a grain of salt. I've always yeah. been told that like one of the keys to a successful marriage and partnership is learning how to argue with one another, like how to make your point known without kind of mm-hmm. making it a dig and without um hold like having contempt for your partner. And I feel like they have not mastered that, and they no. actually hit low and make each other feel bad. And I don't think that's healthy. Here's my thing with them is like you said we could just be getting like the bad parts for me it's like yeah every couple fights but they just seem that like they live on different wavelengths and they just aren't compatible like just in their life the way that they live their life I think Amanda is so chill so relaxed about stuff not someone that's like at a, you know, she's a type B personality mm-hmm. and Kyle is such a type A. And I think he takes on too much and runs himself into the ground and then gets exhausted and takes it out on Amanda, who then doesn't mm-hmm. pick up any of the slack or pick up any of the pieces because she's like, everything's fine. And he's like, everything is not fine. And then they can't yeah. fight with each other. Like they yeah. don't fight well. Like that's they, the thing. they don't fight well. If they were arguing, but like there would be resolution. They no, would really listen they just to kiss each other and just say they love each other, and that's it. It's like no, that this is not resolved because <laughs> no. you love each other. Because I do think they really do love each other. Like, I do too. I remember, I remember watching Katie and Tom getting married and being like, oh my god, these two miserable people. 
should not be getting married. <laughs> Kyle and Amanda, I don't feel that. No. I genuinely think that they do like love each other a lot, but they just, I don't know how good they are together. And then find out that they didn't get the prenup. I was like, oh my God. I mean, like, what? I, I feel like a prenup wasn't as important to Kyle as he made it seem on the show, because if it was, mm-hmm. he would have gotten one drafted Many, 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 many months. I mean, they've been engaged for three years, right? There was a lot of time. So to to leave it for the last two weeks felt it felt like it wasn't it a big felt priority. For the show. It felt like it was for the show. It really did. It felt like um, it was for the show, but I just wish Amanda would have gotten it just for herself. I mean, when her dad brought up grandpa's trust, I said mm-hmm. I was like, Homegirl's got some money. And also like she's helped build Lover Boy. Like she has, but she's she didn't a huge take part on of the that financial brand. risk. She definitely did not. When he said four oh. million dollars in debt, I was like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And then this wedding, he said, cost them two hundred thousand dollars. I don't understand that because this wedding wasn't like extravagant. So my understanding, because I've been like reading things in message boards, uh, I don't know why I was doing that. Is that no? I love it. Wedding planners were saying that doing a wedding at someone's home ends up being more expensive because you have to bring everything in that isn't already at a venue. So oh, like, like food and lighting and and, floors, and not just the food, right. but like the ways to keep the food warm and like things that I wouldn't even think of, like got it refrigerators and freezers that like weren't there before. You have to rent and bring absolutely everything, so that could some plus they had like a lot of people they did and i i just was a little shocked like you know there really wasn't anything like to it like there wasn't like i wasn't like blown away by this wedding i thought she looked stunning she looked i thought i think amanda is so beautiful like i am obsessed with her and i think kyle is so good looking i just think they're like a really good looking couple and she looked so good and i it really, I mean, she was the wedding. <laughs> I also think she's kind of tall. And I didn't realize this, but I met Kyle and Carl like two weeks ago. They were in D.C. And I, I mean, Carl is insane. Like, he's unusually tall. But tall. he makes Kyle look short. But Kyle's not short. Like, I thought Kyle would be my height. And I'm 5'6". Right. Like, I, <laughs> yes. this is what I thought. Yes. And he oh my wasn't. God. So he was taller and he's his- just around these boys that are like six, five. Yes. Like they aren't six two, Carl and Austin. They are or even Craig. Oh, I Carl yeah, and Craig. Austin are like six, six. Yes. Like they are yes. monster. Like they're huge people. So Kyle looks like a little munchkin. And he's, and he's not. not. He's yeah. not. And so then when they look like they were the same height during the ceremony, I was like, she's wearing heels, but she's also like probably a tall woman. Yeah, I think she's probably like five six. I I think guess, like five seven. Really? Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, my probably guess would five, be five seven. seven. But he's I thought he was like six feet when I met him. Like it didn't feel he's, like he was short. I know, but on TV next to Carl, like he looks so little. Little, it's yeah. <laughs> He does, and I I remember Andy has said that to him before, and he's like, Andy, I'm five ten, like I'm not small, <laughs> like. But next to these, you know, freaks, he's a little baby. Speaking of Carl, I have to get your take on this. So Craig had said that Carl and Lindsay were fake, but it turns out a lot of people actually think this, and I never thought it until the preview people. for the reunion when Andy said. None of your cast members like the photos of you two together. 
I, that makes me really sad because I really think that they're the real deal. Me too. I think that they are just some, I think that they realize how high the stakes are for their relationship, not even in terms of the show, but in terms of like their relationship with each other and their friendship. I remember Lindsay talking about their, how they started dating and she was like, we like didn't hook up forever. Like it took us like a few months because she's like, we were so like, we just wanted to like date and like hold hands and like. I think that they were both so nervous about it working out and because they would lose like a really important friendship if this didn't work out because now they're older, he's sober, he's grown a lot. She's, I think, grown TBD. <laughs> Love Lindsay. <laughs> and it just bums me. And I think that they're both just like so excited about being together that I do think that they post way too much and overshare and I do think it's a little cringe at times but then I have to keep in mind they are like older millennials like that's just like what they do yeah and I also and it wonder, bumps me out yeah I'm, and I I'm think Craig to, is projecting I think so too it feels like yeah. if I were to choose a relationship that felt like it was for convenience I would think Craig and Paige although I think Paige really likes Craig and I think Craig really likes Paige too I just well it's hard to say that you know, Carl and Lindsay are all fake when it when you're when you're on three shows with the person you're choosing to date. Like Lindsay and Carl aren't on three shows together. They're not going around doing right Amazon lives together. They're not doing that. Right. And Paige and Craig are on three shows together. Like when um Carl's mom and stepdad were visiting him at his he they were like, When are you moving up there with Lindsay? Like they made yeah. a comment, like they you know, so. they belong together, and I think that they're cute, and I think he understands her, and I think he's consistent and shows up for her, and I think she makes him laugh. And that was one thing I did really notice when he was with Mackenzie, that poor girl. Is I was like, he's sober, and it's like he still wants to have fun, so he needs to be with someone that like Lindsay's at a hundred like all the time. Lindsay doesn't need to drink to have a good time and be the life of the party. So I think that that's like perfect for Carl because it's still like is exciting and it I think she's like a really good support system and I think Craig is like completely projecting and that it's like why do you keep talking about Lindsay like what is your obsession with her she never talks about him he's always talking about her I think they feel like he has a thing for anyone who he feels like acts differently on camera than off or doesn't have as genuine of a friendship as they make it out to be or something like he's done that on his cast a lot with Shep and others where like they act one way I don't know he likes to call people Mm -hmm. up for being fake and he's just like the same wherever he goes I do feel like there are elements of Lindsay like she is calculating but she's a PR person every PR person knows how to be calculating like they're smart like they know how to do things a certain way and mm-hmm. I don't know I just why would she fake why would they fake it like I don't think she's getting paid more money no out, like and are it's they not like they're doing for something winter for, house yeah. it's not like they're doing all these other things and I think like she's freezing her eggs right now and she's showing her stuff like I think that this is a real thing I just don't I just also think they're very different like I just think Lindsay and Paige are just very different people they live their lives very differently Craig is on team page. So he's just kind of riding with that, I I guess. I also want to know, like, what the fuck happened? Like, why do Lindsay and Paige, like, not get along? So what happened? I I heard something happened on Winter House, but I don't know. 
Oh. Yeah, okay. and that this was filmed right after or after. shortly oh, after. That was dumb. That was dumb. I don't know. I also think Austin and Craig should have been at the reunion, even though I'm sick of them. I think they should have been there because then there, I feel like there could have been like resolution. Yeah. But instead, there's like no resolution. It's just like they're all in a worse place than they were when they yeah. started. Oh, God. I That's what's so hard is I like resolution on these reunions. Mm-hmm. I like like some things to get resolved. And I hate when it ends when it's more bitter even than it was watching it. That that's what we're gonna get. I know because yeah. it's like, and Amanda is really the only glue between the like you know '80s babies and those '90s babies. Yeah, she's like trying to like because she's married to an '80s baby, mm-hmm. so she's like, I'm still gotta kind of do do it all. Mm-hmm. And Maya seems yeah. to be friends with both sets of groups as well. I heard that Paige and Sierra aren't talking to Maya right now, but that yeah. could be a rumor. I would believe it because she hangs out with Danielle a lot as well. Mm-hmm. So, and she said Craig is not boyfriend material, and that's one thing I really oh, love about Maya yeah. is she kind of came on and she just says whatever she thinks. Like she's not media trained or anything yet, mm-hmm. so she like just is like because Andy was like, "Do you think Craig is boyfriend material?" And she goes, "No," and then the stuff about Austin, she was like, "I never want to see him again. I think he's awful." Yeah, I was like, I love her. Like she doesn't care. Yeah, I, just, like, I, I love it. How can you get upset with your friends for being on a show where you're supposed to share your real feelings? That I don't get. Like, I also don't well, understand why, and, and especially when you're watch what happens live, when you're asked questions and you give an honest answer. You know, Kyle Richards is always saying, just be honest, just be honest. And then when Garcelle was, when she was asked, well, who is Kathy Hilton closer with now? Is it, is it, are you closer with her than Kyle? And she's like, yeah. Then, you know, Kyle's mm-hmm. saying that Garcelle is, it, it's reckless and it's hurtful. Yes, it is hurtful, but it's also true. At that current moment, Kathy right. is closer with Garcelle. It doesn't mean that, like, in the whole universe and span of time that sisters don't matter as much as like two friends that just met a couple years ago. But I don't know. People seem to, I also would get upset, but I'm not on these shows. Right. That's why we are not on these shows. Because I could never handle it. You know? Well, Sam, thank you so much for chatting all things Bravo. Oh my (laughs) God. I loved it. Tell everyone, you know, where they can find you and where they can listen to your podcast. Um, you can follow me at Bravo Historian on Instagram. You can follow me at Take Your Zoloft on Twitter. And then you can listen to my podcast every Tuesday and Friday. It's called Hot Off the Mess and it's on Apple, Spotify, basically everywhere. So thank you so much. We'll have to have thank you, you back for having and chat me. More. Yes, because Beverly Hills is coming. <gasps> so excited. Yeah. <laughs> 